I've got a feeling we're going to be disappointing some of our listeners this week. Oh no, why? Because we've been talking about the strata management contracts Mm -hmm. and how a lot of us think there should be a standard strata management contract. Oh yeah. The same way as there is a prescriptive one for rentals. But everybody has to use that contract. And even if they don't use that contract, the law says, well, that's what applies. Even if you've got a verbal contract, and nothing on paper, that contract still applies. Yep, so we were hoping the New South Wales government was going to bring that out. Yep, so we have some updated news on that. Mm. And we're going to talk about pets in Queensland and doormats in Queensland. (laughs) And we're going to talk about the new Property Services Commissioner, John Minns. And we're going to talk about some research into electric vehicles. For strata residents. For strata residents. So, uh, a lot to talk about. We'd better get on with it. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams. I write about property for domain. And this is the flat chat wrap. We've been having a debate in the forum the Flat Chat Forum, somebody wrote and said they just had a look at their strata management contract and they couldn't believe how one-sided it was. And basically the problem is there are so many provisions in there that say that the strata manager isn't liable for anything that they've ever done. And even if you, uh, in the unlikely event that you do find that they were liable for something, then that liability is limited to how much you have paid them in the mm, past two yeah. years. Yeah. We discussed this last week, but basically your strata manager could come in, screw up horrendously and cost you a couple of hundred thousand dollars and then turn around and say, well, you only paid me $5,000. So that's all I'm going to pay you back. It's it's, That's not the only thing. And people have been talking about this for years. Mm. And the problem has always been that when anyone goes to try and change it, the strata manager say, no, this is a standard contract. It's a fixed contract. You cannot change it. When people try to rewrite the strata manager's contract, SCA, say, well, that's our copyright. So anything that is in an existing contract, you can't use it. Mm. And because everything is so bound up with legal terminology, it's almost impossible to adapt that. That seems very unfair, doesn't it? Yeah, so you'd think what we need is a standard set prescriptive strata management contract like we do for residential rentals. And is the New South Wales government going to give us one? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, I was talking to somebody at OCN recently, and they've been wrangling with this for a while. And they said they hoped and believed that that was what was going to happen. And under the current review of 139 things in strata law and regulations, they thought that a standard strata management contract was going to be included. But... I've drilled down into those regulations. It's a huge document. It comes under, I think, the the old saying of baffle them with bullshit and blind them with science because <laughs> there's so much information in there. But let me just read what they say. Having considered the feedback, the review considers that prescribing a standard form agreement in legislation at this point may not be necessary and notes that the PSA, the Property Services Act, 
does not impose standard form agency agreements on other agents regulated under that Act. And it brackets real estate agents and stock and station agents. There are other ways to improve the regulation of contractual arrangements. Moreover, based on the feedback received, it appears that the key driver for much of the support for standard agreements is a concern with what are perceived to be unfair clauses in some strata management agreements. Mm. And I'm looking at the stakeholders, the Law Society, PICA, the strata management company, they were the people quoted. There's the ACSL and the UDIA, and I have no idea who those people are. I will dig it out. UDIA are the development people, yeah. They're developers? Yeah. Okay, who's ACSL? Urban Development. Institute of Australia. Yeah. And ACSL? I have no idea what that is. We'll find that out. It will be in the show notes for this. And their recommendation at the end of all this is the inclusion of additional mandatory or prohibited terms for strata management agency agreements should be considered as part of the remake of the property and stock agents regulation in 2022. So they're already going to revive the property and stock agents regulations. So they're looking at maybe cutting out those unfair clauses later on. Yes, maybe. Perhaps. Yes. Okay. But here's the thing. And this stuck out to me. They note that the Property Services Agency Act does not impose standard form agency agreements on other agents regulated under that act. Mm. What is the residential tenancy then? Yes. Does that come under that act? Well, they're, they're real estate agents. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, good gosh, you've gone through 139 and you found a mistake. A big hole. Excellent. Big, giant... <laughs> Messy, stinky hole. Yeah. I'm sure they would say, oh, no, no, the residential tenancy agreement is between landlords and tenants. It's not between real estate agents and tenants. Yeah, but it's looked after by real estate agents, isn't it? That's what I would be saying. I would be saying, come on, just let's stop messing around. And you know from past experience that when they sit down to discuss what clauses will we have in the agreement and what clauses will we not have in the agreement it's all going to get watered down and whittled down and guess who's going to suffer at the end of it strata owners mm. of course yeah, yeah. but uh, look there's this, the promise of progress so uh, let us not be negative and there is another option open to strata owners what's that and that's owners corporations and that is the OCN, the Owners' Corporation Network, who have been working on this for years, have decided the best way to deal with this in the interim is to provide a kit to strata committees so that they can go into a negotiation with the strata managers and say, we don't want that clause, Mm. take it out. That's a great idea. And put this one in instead. Now, in the past, what has happened, as we've said, the strata managers will go, no, we're not changing anything. It's take it or leave it. Obviously, if you are an owner's corporation in a building with 150 or 200 units, you've got a lot of power, Mm. financial power. And as well, with the OCN getting involved, like their members can go back to them and say, this strata management company refused to budge. So we've gone to this strata management company. Because they were reasonable. Yeah, and they were open to what we were saying. So then the OCN members, well... This group is saying yes, this group is saying no. No. So it kind of maybe sort of spreads the load a little bit. And that's for, you know, the smaller strata schemes especially. 
you know, if you've got a 12 or 20 unit strata scheme and you go to your strata manager and say, I want to change it, they'll just say no. Mm. And you have no power. But if you are part of a consumer movement where some smart strata manager has said, hang on, we've got all these unhappy people here who just want a reasonable deal. Let's go along with this OCN thing and we can get more customers. We can just hoover up all those small strata schemes. Mm. But, you know, if the big strata managers and the big strata schemes, they're the ones who will be bashing heads come September when they're going to review the legislation. Mm. But Owners Corporation Network, OCN, dot org dot au i think it's like 65 dollars to join once you've joined you've got access not just to this kit which they'll provide for free but they will also put you in touch with other owners corporations who can uh, support and assist and advise so that's something to look forward to when we come back we're going to talk about briefly the new property services commissioner that's after this Also, while I was digging around looking for stuff to write about uh, over Christmas and New Year, I found the original documents setting up and, and proposing the appointment of the Property Services Commissioner. Oh, yeah. His name is John Minns. He's, he's now in place, and we bumped into him at a strata management function. Seems like a very nice chap. But I hadn't realised. See, what happened was they set up the Property Services Committee, Council, Panel, Panel, I think they're calling it. And they've got, like, everybody. They've got the sheep shearers or whatever they call them. They've got... (laughs) (laughs) The station owners. Yeah. So they've got everybody who's remotely connected with property, including real estate agents and strata managers and people like that. Except owners. Apartment owners and, and house owners. We're not there. And tenants are also not. So the, the main group, the users of yeah. the service, yeah. are not included. No. And we pointed this out at the time. And I remember saying to get the same reaction from both OCN and the tenant union, which was, we really don't need to sit on any more committees, but we should be on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so then along comes the appointment of John Minns as property services commissioner. And I've just realized, as digging through again, sort of all this bump that they send out, he is a commissioner for Strata. Really? It says Strata is one of his responsibilities. Now, we've been going on for ages <laughs> saying, why don't we have a Strata commissioner? And we've got one. We've got one. We just one. never knew. He just sneaked in. <laughs> that poor man. Yeah. If he's listening to this now. Well... <laughs> Let's hope he isn't, because we're going to try and get him in and, and have a chat to him yeah. in a few weeks. That'll be within the idea. next couple of weeks. I mean, it's look, it's a big remit. I, mean, I noticed that our new fair trading minister was active over the weekend, handing out money to small businesses who have suffered during the pandemic, which is great. It's fine. It's terrific. But you think we already have people not focused on strata at all, and now we've given somebody even more to think about apart mm. from fair trading and the broken toys and dodgy mechanics and strata. Mm. So maybe the property services commissioner is going to quietly take all that stuff away and deal with it. That would be interesting. It would be very interesting. Yeah, I look forward to talking to him. I look forward to the huge shit fight that there will be at fair trading when some of the mandarins 
feel that they're having their power diminished. <laughs> It'd be worthy of a, a whole season of Yes Minister, that one. <laughs> it's, it's a big job. It's a challenging job. I was just reading today that uh, property prices and rents are going up at the same time. So yep. people who are stuck trying to find affordable homes are even more stuck. And somebody made the, the very valid point that the Australian Defence Force provides housing for their staff. That housing comes from the normal housing stock. Like you or I could hand over an apartment to mm. the Defence Force and they would manage it and we would be guaranteed rent and the rent is kept down. And it's a great thing. And somebody was saying, well, what about the frontline workers like nurses and police officers and people like that and teachers? Shouldn't we have a similar setup for them where there's an agency that will take in your, your rental property, guarantee rent and subsidize it for the people who, you know, need to be living in the areas where people are? That's a really good idea. Yeah. And it's another way of, of social housing, isn't it, really? So yeah. if you own a property, you can put it into that and kind of feel you that you're doing some pool. good as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, and you get your returns and you get your tax benefits exactly and all the, the rest same. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you don't it's like to... investing in sort of NDIS housing as well, mm. you know, for exactly the same reason. But you kind of get that feel-good feeling as well that you're – you know, doing some good with your property too. It'd be a terrific thing. Uh, and it would overcome the one thing that you cannot do, which is advertise your house for rent or your apartment for rent and say, I will only accept applications from teachers. Or nurses. Teachers, yeah. nurses, or police officers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know if anything, I think it's a really good idea. Somebody mm. suggested it and these ideas get floated and they get picked up and, I mean, who doesn't want to help out our frontline workers, especially mm. after the last two years that we've had? Yeah. All right. When we come back, we are going to talk about, we're going to go north of the border. We're taking advantage of the open borders to go and find out what's happening in Queensland. <laughs> it's all about pets and doormats. That's after this. Every so often... I get an email from the Unit Owners Association of Queensland about stuff that's going on up there, which never fails to amuse and surprise. No, it's always a bit left field, isn't it, really, the stuff there? Yeah. So this this particular one refers to two separate apartment blocks, but they're close to each other uh, somewhere on the coast. And both have gone to the tribunal there. One of them was about doormats outside the doors of apartments. Now, we kind of feel like we've been through all that here in in New South Wales ages ago. And the general opinion was you cannot leave doormats outside the front door of your apartment because there's a fire risk. People might trip over it. Uh, and that was the argument that was used uh, in this case, where in the building, a lot of people I just, I don't know, I might be wrong. I just imagine all these people are coming home with sand in their shoes. <laughs> and they want to they brush them yeah, off. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, so a whole bunch of people had doormats outside their doors. The body corporate, because that's what it's called in Queensland, said, you got to get rid of them. And most people did, but about 12 people said, nah, mm. we, we want to have doormats. Then the breach notices came out, and they're full of things like, the, the doormats could move in a breeze and fold up and trip somebody up. And, and there was one resident who was a bit unsteady on her feet who, 
you know, worried about having to walk over doormats. And and then the member of the tribunal said, and this is a kind of weird thing, he said, the body corporate does not own common property. The owners who are in the, the body corporate own the common property. So there's a limit to what the body corporate can tell owners to do on common property. That's weird, isn't it? I mean, the owners are the owners' corporation. Yeah. How do you distinguish between the two like that? Well, I think basically what they're saying is the body corporate can look after or control common property insofar as it affects the body corporate. But the owners own that piece of ground, that piece of land outside their door. It doesn't affect anyone else. Hmm. That's very interesting, isn't it? I wonder if that would be the same interpretation in New South Wales Absolutely and Victoria. Not. No. No. <laughs> no, no way. But these people were told to remove their doormats, their pot plants, their shoe racks. Shoe racks. <laughs> and I think, and, and all, all um, artworks or furniture. Oh, no. So you, you think about this place where the lift lobbies are all identical, they're stark. They're empty. And you think, really? You don't. Mm. I think it's a nice idea. And I know we've never got around to it, but other people in our building have. You open the lift door and there's a nice table and a nice piece of art on the wall. And you Mm. think, yeah, I'm home. Mm. Even though this is a shared lift lobby, I feel like the the lift doors have opened and I'm home. Mm. And... They just want everything to look exactly the same, like a hospital or a prison yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then the other one that's come up, which has not been resolved yet, is a, I think it's a 15 or 20 story apartment block where pet owners have been told they've got to take their pets down this, the fire stairs. <gasps> not up not and to down be allowed the in the lifts. Not to be allowed Why? in the lifts. Because there is a resident of this building who apparently is very sensitive, allergic to pet hair. So to remove the chance of that resident coming into contact with a pet, all pets have to go down the fire stairs and come up the fire stairs. Is there only one lift? I don't know. Because if there were two lifts, you can understand people saying, okay, if you have a pet, just go in the left lift or just go in the right lift. That would make sense. But to make people walk with their pets up 12 or 15 flights of stairs, that's absolutely... Crazy. Ludicrous. I mean, the person, obviously, one feels very sympathetic to anybody who has, uh, yeah. you know, an Analogies are real. Yeah. But could they get an N95 mask? Well, that I mean, was... we've all got them. Well, we're all looking for them at the moment. <laughs> but we're all, we're all going to end up with them, I suppose, when the government finally imports them. Yeah. And gets them through the TGA. And, and the supply chain networks. <laughs> <laughs> But you'd think an N40, is it N49, N45 or N44? N45, I think. P2 mask should be, I mean, that's hospital grade, so that should be good enough. If I were on that committee, I'd be saying, look, let's establish a protocol. If you have got a pet and you're about to get in the lift, as a person, anyone can say, would you mind not getting in? Yeah, sure. Of course. But, you know, if you had an elderly lady living on the top floor with a chihuahua. Or a Doberman. <laughs> I mean, how is how is she going to get up there? Well, that's the thing, and and, and, and there's the a suspicion. Cope with the there's, there's a suspicion that this is an anti-pet 
movement mm. rather than a pro uh, resident with allergy thing. Sure. And maybe we shouldn't actually publicize it because there may be copycats in New South Wales and Victoria that who want to not have pets for non-genuine reasons who kind of see that as a way of getting around the new regulations. People are trying that all the time and they're coming up against the thing where you know they're they're telling people you got to do this, you got to do that, and those people are going, "Nah, I'm not following your rule because the law has changed," and they're getting breach notices, and they and then the owners' corporation sit down with their lawyers, and the lawyers say, "If we go to NCAT on this, you will probably lose, mm. and it will cost you a lot of money." Yeah. So just don't. Just yeah. you know, you might think you found some clever rumple of the Bailey way of working this in your favour. But there are certain fundamental things. If you're allowed to have a pet in your apartment, then you cannot be prevented from gaining access to your apartment with your pet. It's not written out in those words, but if you put the regulations and the act together, various bits of it, that's what it comes down to. And even if that's not 100% true, it's a very strong argument Mm. against forcing people to walk up and down stairwells carrying their Alsatians. <laughs> right. When we come back, we're going to have a very quick chat about a project related to electric vehicles. That's after this. So I did a story about electric vehicles in strata buildings and how lots of strata are now kind of rushing to... Um, include the the charge points for electric vehicles because lots of their residents now are wanting to get electric yeah. vehicles even if they haven't got them yet. And um, I got an email from a company called Strata Answers, which yep. happens to be one of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. But just apart from that, um, they're kind of advi- an advice service for apartment um, owners and renters. And um, they said they're actually putting together a project where they look at um, EV ownership and EV charging options, and then they're talking to different areas of government, local councils and, yep. and state government. If they can provide all the information that the apartment buildings need yep. to, to make their to make the right decisions about EV charging stations and the, the right solutions for them, then that could be a, a real advantage to the buildings and also you know a boon to the environment really oh you know, absolutely it could be a real green move now from what i understand at the moment what they want is to hear the experience of people who want to put the electric vehicle charging in or have already done it or have come up against problems because i think strata answers are very much about real-world experience Mm. and applying information and common sense to problems that sometimes they get away from us a little bit, especially if there's different information around. So I think at the moment they are gathering together as much information as they can. So we will have a link on the show notes that go with this podcast to them. Strata Answers have got an ad in the website anyway. But look, if anybody wants to talk to them about their experience with electric vehicle infrastructure, then I'm sure they'd be really happy yep. to talk to them. Right. All right. We've covered we've covered everything. We've covered politics. We've covered regulations. We've covered pets. Saving the environment. Saving the environment. Doormats. 
everything, everything you could possibly ever want to know about living in apartments, it's all right here on the Flat Chat Wrap. It's really hot in this room. (laughs) (laughs) And if there is, I'm going to try and filter it out, but if you can hear, if you've been hearing a faint whirring sound, it's our fans going full blast here to try and keep us cool. It's a choice between the noise from the outside and the heat on the inside. And on that note, I think we should probably go. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Jimmy. And we'll talk to you all again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Wrap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.